How good is that? Very good. Okay. Yep, let's do it. The, the sweet sounds of machines in the background uh, can only mean one thing. Carbonara, you are just percolating or getting some of the, the beautiful beans of the gods through a grinder, through some hot water and into your lips. Am I imagining this right? Mate. Paint the picture. Mate, percolating is the word. I've got uh, my Minus Coffee, uh, minuscoffee.com.au. Check them out. We've got a few. The boys have sent across a few different beans. I've got their premium beans. So we're going to try the premium beans first. I'm going to hit the button in a second, Big T. I'm going for a short black, no sugar, no milk. Let me know if you can hear this. Oh, my goodness. I just woke up. Oh, it smells delightful. It's actually... um. Mm, this is a strong one. So the premium strong. If you like your cof- coffee strong, yeah, minuscoffee.com.au. Mm. The brothers from the Brazilian Rugby League, sponsors of Brazilian Rugby League. That's what I love most about them. Not just their coffee, but also that their Rugby League supporters, they put their money where their mouth is. That is as smooth as a Penrith Panthers try a scoring celebration. Shit. And a hint of nut, hazelnut. It's as nutty as a Wayne Bennett post-game conference. <laughs> Um, These analogies are fantastic. I, need, I needed to compete with Big T's analogies, mate, but that's good. Let me just slam this down. Hold on. Oh, that's good. Okay. Whole bean, Minus Coffee Premium is what I just drank. Minuscoffee.com.au. The bags start at 10 bucks. So if you're a coffee drinker and you want to support the guys that support International Rugby League, minuscoffee.com.au. And if you want to drink, if you want to drink the Penrith Panthers 2021 team, <laughs> There is no other place <laughs> currently that you can do that. It's the uh, only place. Let's, um, why don't we get onto this, uh, this show, mate, while I make another coffee? I know. Well, sure. Um, I mean, I'll have a glass of water, but sure. Let's go. You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos. The Rugby League podcast for fans who are passionate about seeing the game played in more places. Ooh, what is up, Kangaroo Chasers? Welcome to Chasers, the latest iteration of Golden Points. This fortnightly segment will feature me, your host, Big T, drilling down into some key issues with World Rugby League's uncle, Michael Carboni. Uncle Carboni is the conduit of international football news. Like a diacritic piping system filled with electrical cables channeling information, he is a conduit to the world. <laughs> because of this, he is uniquely positioned to give insights into a range of growing rugby league affairs across the globe. G'day to our returning chasers. It's great to have you back amongst us, and thanks for your great spruiking of the pod. I see you. You know exactly who I'm talking about. Uh, and to you, Rookie Ruse, our listening debut ears, welcome. Um, you will not be disappointed. Oh, and a word of advice, grab a pencil and parchment or however you keep your notes, as Conduit Carbs and I love to drop old episodes which give you details into whatever news we're talking about today. Uh, but now, finally, sitting patiently on the phone with me is the master of Chasing Ruse Media, Michael Carboni. Hello, sir. Oh, my goodness. Hello, Big T. You, you talk me up. You're putting the pressure on, but I love it. I don't know how you come up with this stuff, but it's great. And I uh, made happy, uh, happy State of Origin Eve. Yes. Well, I refer to this as Rugby League Christmas. I was 
overwhelmingly excited to hear that friend of the pod, Denim Kemp, also referred to it as Rugby League Christmas um, while talking to the GOAT, Cameron Smith, on their radio show the other day. They definitely I don't know. I don't know if Denim follows me, but I can't imagine that he doesn't. So I'm assuming that I'm assuming that the years and years of me uh, photoshopping Laurie Daly holding Christmas presents in front of Christmas trees all these years ago, you know, finally broke through the media jungle and, and Denim saw it. And so I welcome you and and Denim and all our other rude listeners. Happy rugby league Christmas to you uh, from this warm part of Australia. Very exciting stuff, mate. Very exciting. What have you been up to, mate? Mate, uh, not much. Just been catching up with a whole bunch of news. Obviously, NARL stuff. I've been on the phone to the guys over there over the last few days to see what's going on, and I'm sure that's going to be one of your topics tonight. So, yes, sir. Uh, interesting times. Uh, but yeah, getting trying to get excited for State of Origin. It's hard because it sort of popped up this year out of the blue. Like I feel like we just had State of Origin, but um, getting getting excited about that now. Of course, we're recording a few days before, but this episode coming out on Origin Eve. So by then, I'll be fully pumped, ready to roll, and uh, tucking in, uh, getting ready to tuck in and watch all the glory from Townsville. It's going to be pretty cool. Uh, but other than that, man, I've been fantastic. How are you? I'm I'm feeling fantastic. I had a great run today at Birchgrove Oval doing some refereeing. had four games. Nice. Um, everyone, I'm sure you can imagine, was very polite um, and, and cordial, and no one suggested that I get them on side at any stage. Um <laughs> But other than that, it's great. The football is great. Obviously, um, the Tigers are doing well. The Dragons did well this weekend. So you and I are smiling. But we were, I was really hoping that we were going to meet up by now, this part of the season, that we would have seen each other for a game. Um, outside of the outside of the one that you and I saw each other at, at the beginning of the year. Yeah, Brazil and, Brazil and uh, Uruguay. Uruguay, yeah. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to see you yet. Um, and the other sad news is I don't think I'm going to be able to get to the next one because there is another Brazil game coming up. Mate, there is. I'm glad. So we probably could have went to the Dragons-Tigers games, but I'm glad we didn't because, of course, the Dragons <laughs> lost both of those. Let's, uh, let's, not, let's move on from that. But, yeah, Brazil-Philippines um, this weekend, this Sunday at Kensington Oval, Sydney. So the Coogee Dolphins are hosting the match Sunday, June 13, our kickoff at 3 p.m. It's a shame you can't be there, man. I'm going to be there. I know, I know Phil Brown's going to be there blogging or vlogging. Uh, for Chasing Roos on YouTube as well. Uh, I'm going to catch up with with uh, a friend of the show who we're going to hear from later uh, later in this episode as well, uh, which I, I won't spoil that until the, I'll let you I'll let you reveal that one in the end in Golden Points, mate. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's going to be a great day, great match, Brazil and Philippines, two great emerging rugby, rugby league nations, and I can't wait. And it's a shame you won't be there, man. Yeah, the uh, wonderful world of parenthood has stitched me up yet, yet again. I know. I know what that's like. We love those two countries, both fantastic footballing nations. And Footy for Philippines, episode 63. Yeah. And also, we've obviously had uh, the king of Brazil on a bunch of times. I think that was in the early 40s, 42. Yeah, I, no, I spoke to Rob Bergen, uh, the Latin godfather, episode 43. Uh, he's, oh, right. he's been on the pod a few times, but 43 was a really good one. And, yeah, of course, your chat, Footy for Philippines, with Ray Ray Neri, who's uh, VP of Filipino Rugby League, was fantastic as well. We're going to see both of those guys this weekend. So, again, T, shame you won't be there, mate. Which team do you want to be on? I know Brazil so far. They pumped Uruguay. you want to take Brazil or do you want to take uh, Philippines? I've got to take Brazil, man. Sponsor, uh, sponsors of Brazilian Rugby League, oh, JCWorks.com. Yeah, yeah. So I'm on Brazil, but it's going to be a lot tougher. Like Philippines, 
Filipino squad's really good. They're a, they're a great emerging emerging. They're a great emerging nation of rugby league, and um, it's going to be a tough hit out. I think Philippines would be slight favourites on this one, but I have to take Brazil. Yeah, great because I wanted to take the Philippines anyway after my chat. Uh, so I'll I'll, t- I'll take a coffee bet for that, please. <laughs> now, um, the biggest topics. Yeah, mate. That's what I'm calling us. The biggest. I like it. Topics. I like what you did there. Thanks. I see it. I see it. Thanks. Thanks. Well, I'm going to hang out with a marketing guy all the time, so I'm finally starting to get some rub off. Uh, he rubs me off, I should say. Yep, uh, topic one. Don't say that too loud. Yep, yep, yep. Topic one. <laughs> topic one. I want to do it straight away. N-A-R-L. What's doing? Mate, where do we begin? Ask me some questions. Well, let's get, let's, let's, where do um, we begin? Okay. Will, is, is the East Conference going the same way as the West Conference? It is for this year. Um, so, uh, we've heard... So we're recording this, as I said, on Sunday. There'll be a press release coming out uh, Tuesday, 2 a.m., Aussie Eastern Standard Time. I think it'll be Monday midday, uh, U.S. Eastern Standard Time. Um, And many of you may have read some of the reports about uh, 2021 season of the NARL being called off, and it is the case. It is what's happening. Um, In the press release, they mentioned things like COVID being an issue, uh, rising insurances being an issue. Um, they did lose a sponsor early in the piece. Oh, sorry, a, a funder early in the piece. But that sort of happened early on. So that was one of those things that was reported by in a couple of articles in the last week or so. But that happened a while ago. So they're sort of already um, moving forward from that stage anyway. But rising cost of insurance and the other big issue was player visas. So guys like Eddie Pettiborn, uh, who was to play with Brooklyn Kings, you may have seen him signing with um, Red Star Belgrade, which is great for Red Star. Uh, but getting visas for got the, the marquee guys like Eddie, etc., cetera, uh, was proving difficult. Um, I had a bunch of conversations with, with Ricky Wilby and with Rob Curtis, um, of course, um, in the last week or so, a um, lot of stress, not a lot of stress, but like, I mean, there's always stress when you're running or trying to, trying to uh, get a competition off the ground, uh, but yeah. they were sort of running around trying to make things happening. And it, it really wasn't until the last minute um, that they had to sort of call everything off. So the reports were coming through about the, the competition collapse for 2021 and but even at that stage when people were sort of DMing me and asking questions about it, I couldn't say a lot, but even at that stage, the guys were, were confident that they would get something up this year. So the talk was that originally, so probably late last week, the talk was that it would be a delayed competition instead of kicking off uh, in, in you know a couple of weeks' time like they were meant to. So they were talking about delaying it to August or something like that and, and getting still getting a full 10 rounds in, et cetera, still getting uh, their finals and their Canada, Canada Cup. Um, but as things progressed, it just got less and less likely and it's now being pushed back to 2022, um, which is a shame. Uh, well, not, not a shame, but, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people, Big T, saying... I told you so, and saying that this was never going to happen, and oh, I doubt it's going to happen anyway in 2022. It's all bullshit, blah 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 blah. Um, I don't. I hate to hear that because I see, like I said, I've had a lot of conversations with these guys. I see the work that's there, and 
we've you and I, mate, we've spoken to most of the clubs ourselves and we've interviewed most of the clubs here on this podcast. So we know the work that's going into this thing. So um, it would be, it's a real shame to see already people out there thinking that these are all a bunch of pretenders. Um, and, yeah, look, we back them. We hope they can get things right. I think in the long run, um, I think this, I think really they should have given this a couple of years in planning. You know, 2022 should have been the original goal in hindsight, and I think Rob and Ricky would, would say that as well now in hindsight. I was speaking to a friend of the show, uh, Dustin Zera, from um, the, the Austin Rugby podcast. So they talk a lot of MLR. And he was telling me, because he was excited about this whole thing, like more, more rugby in the States. He was telling me that, you know, in contrast with the MLR, because the MLR has been going for four or five years now, they, they spent two years planning their first season. So, you know, they didn't take it lightly. And, you know, when you look at NARL, everything was happening very quickly and there's COVID going on and all that sort of thing as well. So, you know, this gives them a chance to actually sit back, plan properly for 12 months and get something happening, you know, so get something happening in 2022, bigger and better. So I, I can almost, I can almost hear Big T, I could almost hear some listeners saying, all right, Cubs, Mr. Mr. Optimist, like whatever, like, come on, man. But I really am like, I really see the hard work there and, you know, I know you have too, Big T, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, oh, for sure. you know, it's just been a bit of a, it's a, it's a bit of a shame to see it sort of not fall over, but, um, to see the delay now for 12 months. And I just, we wish them all the best. We back them. That's, that's all I'll say there at the end. Yeah. And I think, um, rugby league is a great sport. A lot of people love it. They should will make it happen eventually. It just didn't. It just couldn't make it happen in a short time frame. We all said that sixteen teams was incredible. We all said that in such a short period of time was incredible. So it's not. It's not through malpractice or poor planning. It's just a, a huge amount of excitement. Couldn't get them through this bit, but but that kind of drive, I'm sure, that we'll get these people starting in 2022. And the same thing will still probably happen with the European thing that everyone was super excited about oh, as well, Euro right? 13s. Like, well, Euro 13s yeah, but, were saying 2022 as well. That's another COVID thing. It, it's just been, the, the heartbreaking thing for me is it's been a, a, a difficult, I mean, it's always difficult as an international rugby league fan or, or an expansionist, as all of our listeners are. But, mm. you know, we've had this being delayed, Euro 13s was delayed. We've had a whole bunch of tests, you know, cancelled Pacific tests and things delayed and, and things like that. Just when we're building momentum with Tonga and all that sort of thing. We've got a World Cup coming up at the end of the year, and it's really important. But look, I don't want it, I don't want it to be all doom and gloom because I think one, one thing I want to point out, Big T, is today. So we're recording on Sunday, as I mentioned, this morning or in American time, there were two trial matches over there. One of them was the Atlanta Rhinos sixty-eight defeating the Delaware Black Foxes <laughs> eight, which yeah, was a, killed them. It absolutely killed them. There was another one. Shellac, as, please. You should have said shellac. <laughs> I can say kill. You should have said shellac. Well, you're the host. You say, no, nah, shellac. Absolutely shellac. <laughs> um, and there was another game as well between um, the, the Washington DC Cavalry who defeated the Philadelphia fight 86 points to six. Another shellacking. But what, I, what you will notice there is in each of those games, we had an NARL team and a USARL team. Mm. And that's really important. Because it means that some of these guys are starting to work together, think together, grow together. 
And big score lines, the, the NRL teams, you know, they put on some big scores, which you'd expect because they've had big squads. They've been training semi-professionally in the lead-up, whereas, you know, the other sides, the USARL is more amateur-based. Um, so you expect that gap. But just seeing them working together, to me, says a lot. It means I think things, you know, the next four months, they're going to change in that regard. The landscape will change. I can already see it happening. See guys like Danny Hansen, who's heavily involved in USARL, you know, hanging out, taking photos, having discussions with Rob Curtis uh, from the NARL. So these guys are starting to come together. And and while there's still some politics at play, don't get me wrong, um, you'll read about some of those politics and you see hints of some of those politics in some of the articles that came out last week before the NARL's um, media release. But I do see the Americans in particular um, working together on both sides. And you add to that California Rugby League doing great things. You add to that USARL women's doing great things. You add to that um, Rugby League British Columbia uh, and Alberta and Ontario all up in Canada kicking off soon as well there's a lot to be excited about this year and i just hope that they can nrl narl wise really start to plan it really start to involve all the parties take the time and smash it in 2022 and if there's one thing this podcast is talking about big score lines it's uh red star red star belgrade can be beaten and and we say hello to uh partisan well, I know we have a bunch of people who listen there. So big scores now, I don't mean big scores in the future. So keep at it. Now, you, you talked there about two different rivalries slowly coming together and, and coming together for the good of the game. That certainly reminds any uh, Australian rugby league lover about state of origin. And that's my topic two, <laughs> yep. women's origin. So the Maroons women team this year, they're going to receive about $8,500 to feature um, in their June 25 clash against yeah. New South Wales. Yeah. That's going to be, of course, in Sunshine Coast because New Zealand, uh, Queensland just seem to have all the Origin games this year. Yeah, um, it's now cool. look. That's that's yeah. It's still short of the fifteen thousand that the blokes get um, for their games, but this is the first time the QRL uh, was named a thirty-two player squad. It's an extended squad, and all of those people are paid to train in the lead up to the Origin clash. Um, the guys last year took a fifty percent pay cut for COVID, but instead of the QRL just rolling that straight back up to 100%. Uh, they talked about it as a footballing organisation and wanted to use some of that money for women's football instead of just doubling it back into the ga- into yeah. the guys. Yeah. So in total, a player like Pregnanshaw will be receiving almost double what she received last year for playing the exact same game. And this is a great way, um, you know, the, the, it kind of means that the same time, you know, Caitlin Ponga will be paid, hopefully say, in the future, the same as... Tamika Upton for playing the same great sport for the same great state. Now, I'm not a huge Queensland fan, but that's well documented, but this is a fantastic initiative from them. And one thing that Blocker Roach said at a uh, uh, a great speech I heard him do, I can't remember what it was called, Tom Brock request. He was doing a he was doing a great chat about origin. He said, We we hate Queenslanders, but we actually have a really special relationship with them because no one else in in the country loves rugby league like New South Wales does other than Queensland yeah. because of that we have this really symbiotic relationship. And so I, I can give love and respect to that organisation for creating this 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 kind of pay thing. And it also links beautifully to what you're saying before about the American so also using their women's game. And and really the women's game is one of the best parts of or best arms that, that us expansionists have been able to see the game grow um, across the world. 100%. Have you have you seen much about this Queensland thing? 
Well, look, I read I read all the articles like you did, man. I hope New South Wales follow suit. It's um, it's a great initiative. I mean, you want the gap to close a little bit more. The important thing is really like we keep saying for the last couple of years, like the women's game in in the NRLW era anyway. We keep saying that we need, you know, the like more women's clubs. We need the season to be longer. We need Origin to run over three games. But, of course, we've heard our good friend Mary Kay talk on numerous occasions about how difficult that actually is because most of these women or all of these women actually have full-time jobs and, and rugby league is, you know, their part-time. It's their side hobby, their side hustle. Mm. Um, so the more, the more that the high-profile female rugby league players can earn from things like state of origin, the the, the sooner we're going to see these women be, or more of these women be able to take that step into full-time professionalism. It's so important for the game if it's going to grow in the leaps and bounds that it has. Um, 8,500 for one game is, is nice. You know, there's a lot of training involved there as well. Um, but if we get to a stage where our elite players are playing three of those games and earning money like that, then you know they can they can they can afford to take a chunk off from from their real jobs, yeah. And eventually, this is their real job, and and yeah. that's, that's got to be the goal. I, I don't want. I hear people talk about. Um, I don't want to get politically correct. T like you you had a great chat uh, with Jakey Duke last week, which was we had some great feedback for. And if anyone is new to the pod and hasn't listened to that or if you skipped it for some reason because it's not what we usually talk about, I recommend you do. We've had some wonderful feedback, and it was so different, mate. You did an incredible job. So I don't don't want to get politically correct, and I don't want this to be about equal pay and all that sort of thing. I don't want it to be about that. I just want it to be about, like, we want these women to have an opportunity to play rugby league as full-time professionals just like the men do, you know? And... It's so important, mate. I think it's a wonderful initiative, and I can only hope that New South Wales follows suit as well. And at the risk of sounding like a golden point, I also want to give a quick shout-out to the Burley Bears who won their grand final, their women's uh, Queensland grand final today against <laughs> the Valley Diehards. Yeah. A lot of those players are going to a part of that extended squad and, and, and will end up playing State of Origin. So it's also just great to see that trickle down. I also only know that because of social media. It's all over social media that that happens, so it's just great to see that um, Queensland and New South Wales are doing such a great job with their um, support of of women's game, I love, but particularly um, with this pay gap. I love Big T, uh, mate. How we because Golden Points is going to change tonight, and we haven't sort of explained that yet. It's going to be different. No. But you and I are still sneaking in some Golden Points. So you yeah, mentioned this one. I've mentioned the the you know the games over in the US between the NARL and USARL clubs. The, the goal, we're sneaking in more golden points into this. It's just, I love it. It's fantastic. And it's going to be even worse because I'm just about to talk about the Dragons. So here's a Big T's topic number three. Yes. The slow rise of French football. Oh. The Catalan Dragons. So or I should say Dragons. Dragons. Because they are tied first at the moment um, in the Bedford Super League with St. Helens and Wigan. They've all played eight. They've all won seven. They've all lost one. Yeah. Catalans are on a differential... Um, of 207 plus 207. It's only St. Helens that has uh, a difference of 294 up yeah. there. But it's so fantastic. Have, have you? I mean, they're all over my socials. I follow them mainly because of James Maloney because he's just such a character and, and does such great things there. But I'm slowly learning more and more about their team and their other players and the whole thing's in French. It's just so fantastic. 
it's incredible. I love seeing my two teams, St. Helens and Catalan Dragoons, at the top of the table. It would be like for me seeing the mighty St. George Laura Dragons and maybe the Warriors one and two. That's what it, that's what it would feel like. But you're right there, like Maloney. I mean, he wins wherever he goes, right? So, yep. is he bringing that winning culture finally here to to Catalans? I mean, they've they've they won um they won Challenge Cups, but they haven't won Super League before. But is he bringing that culture? You've got a good contingent of English players there as well, but a really good crop of young French players coming through, which is you know something we haven't seen in a little while. It's a really good mix. And whilst, you know, I'd like to see more French players in that Catalan side, um, there's certainly more development going on this year than there has in a while. And that's only going to get better and better. I think while we're talking about French clubs at the top, though, you're going to talk about oh, yeah. championship as well, right? Yeah. So so they're also, they've got um, Toulouse Olympique also on top. It's a, it's a funny table, though, the Bedford Championship, because they've played six. Uh, one six. The Featherstone Rovers have played seven one seven. They both haven't lost. Uh, Toulouse though has got a four and against, which is higher. Which is again why they're there. It's amazing that they can even have played less. I guess it doesn't matter about scheduling. Anyway, so they're also on the top, which is just fantastic to see. They're going to play. Uh, some of their score lines, carbs. Have you seen some of the points they've put on? They're, they're the next Red Star Belgrade because against Witness, 70 nil. Against Whitehaven, 66 nil. Against the Swinton Lions, 66 18. It's an absolute pantsing over there. So French football's, you know, roaring. Yeah, Toulouse killing it. I, that, look, they've had less games because there were teams unable to travel at certain periods. I think I recall uh, the Broncos game being like needing to be cancelled or rescheduled. So I'm not sure what's happening there. So a lot of it's based on percentages. Um, very different over there, obviously. Score lines are crazy. It's like when the Wolfpack were shellacking teams yeah. in League One. Yeah, you mentioned Red Star again. Another shout-out to those guys. But, um, yeah, massive score lines. And you'd have to think that, you know, if the trend continues, we're going to, like, something to be very excited about is the, the potential, the possibility of two French teams in the Super League. I don't want to get too excited because we all know what happens when I call it early. I'm <clears throat> sorry, Kaviti Silktails. <laughs> but, but um, like, two, two, two teams, two French sides in Super League, that's, that's every expansionist dream right there. The thing I really like about the scorelines, though, from a winning perspective, from my perspective, is yeah. that they, um, they're not giving up. So yeah. you could easily win 30-0 and be happy with that, but or you could really go on with it yeah. and win 70-0 and, you know, really, really show up. So, uh, you know, that's, that shows a lot about the culture and the coaching that they don't, they're not happy with just enough. They want all of it, um, which I think is fantastic. Well, the Silk Tales, you, you may have put the car wash on at the beginning. They're five for five at the moment. So they're, in, they're coming sixth, which is great, out of a possible 11th. So Glebe Dirty Reds, another great expansion is... Uh, team they came they were dead for seventy years they've come back they're fifth so <laughs> silk tails silk tails are on their way um, as well so don't, just because they they didn't hot, start as hot as you wanted cubs they're still doing well um, Toulouse doing really well at nothing to lose and uh, Kellen Dragons hopefully I mean not just staying not I mean you said two French teams in the top that would be great but I'm saying like two French teams in the top and one of them wins the entire thing that's what I want I want to see. I want to see the West Tigers have to go over and beat Catalan Dragons in the um, World Cup Challenge. Now we're all dreaming, mate. Come on. 
Dra- imagine no, dragons no, no. versus tigers at that level. Yeah, international dragons hey? versus tigers. Holy hey? crap! Hold on a second. That's a dream. That's, That's a sandwich and a coffee bet right there. We'll we'll be flying over. You know, we'll be. T- Mate, get the jab, fly over, let's do it. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, Ben. I've got a good chat coming up um, soon, actually. So we're going to start, um, I, don't, I actually will mention it, we're going to start taking deep dives into some of the uh, World Cup nations in the lead up to the World Cup as we're getting closer and closer this year. Uh, fingers crossed everything on track to still go ahead. But the very first uh, nation that I'm going to deep dive into is France. I'm going to have that. Mm. I'm going to have that interview, that conversation um, tomorrow night, actually. So maybe we'll release it next week. Um, but it's um, we're going into we're talking elite one. We're talking Toulouse and Catalan. We're talking international side. We're talking World Cup prospects. It's just a real everything France episode. Can't wait, man. So I'm kind of glad you've given us a little bit of a taster here with um, with this topic, this biggest topic for tonight. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'm hopefully going to chat to Papua New Guinea soon. That would be also great. Nice. But there's a whole bunch of teams there. I can't wait to see yeah. which countries say yes and what they want to say. Now that's it. We did try and do a golden point last time where we raced each other to the bottom. Yeah. Um, it sucked, and and that was fine. But Mercher didn't like it, and so you know we often we often don't uh, we often ask Mercher, and he says yeah everything's fine. But when he said oh I'm not too sure about that bit, then we had to listen to him. Um, he gets he gets to change one thing a year. That was like his veto. Well, but you well, found well, someone who was great. I will just say, when Mercho is not happy, you know it's wrong. So yeah. you just because <laughs> Mercho is generally the chillest, happiest guy there is. So when he yeah. says no, that didn't work. You go, all right, let's fix it. So yeah, sorry, continue. And so you went and found someone a little bit outside of the box. I did. Well, look, I've been friends for a little while now with uh, Mike Wood also known as the NRL Outsider. And um, he and I were working on a project together uh, with a few others as well, which didn't quite get off the ground podcast-wise. Well, maybe I'll talk about that more later on, mate, because it was pretty interesting. Um, but just having chats with Mike, it's like, we've got to get this in, this guy involved in chasing kangaroos somehow. So when, when Mercho said, look, Golden Points didn't work, you need something else, we thought, okay, new idea, let's get, a special guest coming in as like a newsreader who comes in, reads some golden points, and then comes back to us. And um, yeah, I, I, I thought Mike would be fantastic because A, he's an absolute rugby league hipster. He's got a British accent, which is something that we've needed on this pod for a while. And I just think he's going to be great. So I'm looking forward to seeing what golden points he's come up with this week. And uh, yeah, hopefully if he goes well and the feedback's good, we'll keep him for every episode. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the fact that the first thing he ever said to me was that he was going to like that oval, he and I became fast friends immediately. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to – I mean, I had a sneak listen to the Golden Points, I'm not going to lie to you. Nice. And um, his voice is just as sexy as mine, so it's going it to seamlessly move into it. It's just a different part of the world. Thing. And he's bilingual. Anke Iyo. So we're all speaking different languages here. It's great. So <laughs> it's an international podcast. Um I think we just go straight into it, Cubs. How do you feel? Yeah, throw it over to Mike, the NRL outsider. Okay, outsider, please start speaking Albanian. Persian Dutchie, Mary Savini, Ni Pikini Arit, Memu Tehwajin. For those of you who don't speak Albanian, that means hello. Welcome to Golden Points with me, the NRL outsider. My name is Mike Mealwood, and I shall be talking you through the wide world of rugby league. I'm for our first tour. 
we'll be taking in Tirana. No surprises there, I suppose, when you introduce an Albanian. And in Tirana, one of the more unusual games in recent times has taken place. Iliret down Tirana by 37 points to 29 in a nines match with 25 players. Now, I'm no mathematician, but with eight players taking to the field for the first time from Rugby Union, who cares what it adds up to when it all makes so much sense? From Tirana, we go to Ghana, where the first women's game in the country's history was played last week. Accra Panthers beat Nungua Tigers 12 points to 8, going some way to levelling the never-ending battle between the big cats. Of course, the West Tigers beat the Penrith Panthers last week in the NRL too. But we don't care about that. We care about Ghanaian Women's Rugby League here. Women's Rugby League in Ghana is up and running, and so is men's footy in Slovakia, where they have just completed another Nines tournament and are now looking to make it a permanent fixture. Numbers are increasing, performances are getting better, and with the worst of the lockdowns in Slovakia behind them, it could be a great summer of rugby league in the Central European nation. From early beginnings to taking it to the next level, and no, not like the back of the West Tigers shirts. We are all off to Dublin in the green, in the green, one for the Irish music heads there. That is where Longhorns RL are planning to base themselves going forward to the 500-seater Morton Stadium to be their new home. The reigning, defending All-Ireland champions will be playing there from this season on, and that could be auspicious. Of course, it was at Morton Stadium that Ireland beat Italy to qualify for this year's World Cup. Longhorns will be broadcasting every game live too on the internet, so wherever you are in the world, you could be in Santry. There you have it, more golden points than a good night down the Leagues Club, an international tour that's taken in Tirana, Ghana and Bratislava, and Ireland as well. Fallon and Derek for listening, yep, that's more Albanian, and I'll be back next time with more golden points. In the meantime, you can catch my work on Forbes, you can follow me on Twitter for some niche rugby league content, maybe some cute dog content, just search for the NRL Outsider with a hashtag. Thank you, NRL Outsider. Fantastic work. It's so great to hear that voice. So great to hear different accents. Not at all surprised that that was a slam dunk because <laughs> the king of Chasing Roos Media would never miss uh, an opportunity to pull on someone who's fantastic. So congratulations to that. Now, obviously, even the outsider himself, fresh legs, couldn't get through all of them. So you need to get over to Chasing Roos Media. It's on the facials. It's on tweets. It's on Insta. Insta is my favorite because Carboni always finds the best photos to also elicit some interest so get around chasing Roos media uh, platforms to find out more of those golden points uncle mr conduit have i missed anything you're, you're the king of of hosting this podcast what what did i need mate, mate i think you're the new king don't worry about that i'm just glad chases two has gone smoothly uh, we welcome the feedback from any of the listeners. Of course, last time was fantastic. We did Chasers 1. We didn't know what sort of reaction we'd get, but the amount of people that said that was amazing, uh, the amount of people that, that DM'd me and said, oh my goodness, this is the original Chasing Kangaroos show that I fell in love with. It's back and, and Big T's the host, so it's even better. Um, it was it was incredible. So I'm glad you guys are enjoying it. I hope you've enjoyed this one. And um, yeah, we'll have another we'll have another regular Chasing Kangaroos interview episode after State of Origin, so probably dropping that one on Thursday. And we, we'll be back with Chasers 3 in a couple of weeks' time, mate, but loving you as the host, Big T. Grazie mille for listening. Yes, that's Italian again, and we'll get back to you next time, Chasers.
Chasers is a podcast by Chasing Kangaroos Media. The show is sponsored by Minus Coffee. We are mixed and recorded by Paul Murchison. Our theme music is written and recorded by Ash Barco and Ricky Cancino. We are hosted by me, The Biggest Tiger, and Michael Carboni. Views are our own. <laughs>